Welcome to Lit Reading. I'm Don McDonald. Looking for more information on the podcast? Visit litreading.com. Now please bear with us as we pay the bills. Our story begins shortly. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Care. It's more than a word. It's the heart of our mission and purpose for more than 25 years. Today, we serve 2.3 million members, partnering with top quality providers and caring for communities across New York State. This is Fidelis Care. If you need health insurance or if your coverage is changing, Fidelis Care can help. Call 1 888 Fidelis, TTY711, or visit FidelisCare.org. Welcome to Lit Reading. I'm Don McDonald. Saki, the pen name of British author H. H. Monroe, is considered to be one of the greatest short story masters of all time for his biting humor and spot-on satire, as evidenced by this unique story in the form of a playlet. I hope you enjoy The Baker's Dozen by Saki. Characters Major Richard Dumbarton, Mrs. Carew, Mrs. Paley Paget. Scene Deck of an eastward bound steamer. Major Dumbarton seated on deck chair. Another chair by his side with the name Mrs. Carew painted on it. A third nearby. Enter right Mrs. Carew. Seats herself leisurely in her deck chair. The Major affecting to ignore her presence. Major turning suddenly. Emily, after all these years, this is fate. Fate? Nothing of the sort. It's only me. You men are always such fatalists. I deferred my departure three whole weeks in order to come out in the same boat that I saw you were traveling by. I bribed the steward to put out chairs side by side in an unfrequented corner, and I took enormous pains to be looking particularly attractive this morning. And then you say, this is fate. I am looking particularly attractive, am I not? More than ever, time has only added a ripeness to your charms. I knew you'd put it exactly in those words. The phraseology of lovemaking is awfully limited, isn't it? After all, the chief charm is the fact of being made love too. You are making love to me, aren't you? Emily, dearest, I had already begun making advances, even before you sat down here. I also bribed the steward to put our seats together in a secluded corner. You may consider it done, sir, was his reply. That was immediately after breakfast. How like a man to have his breakfast first. I attended to the seat business as soon as I left my cabin. Don't be unreasonable. 
It was only at breakfast that I discovered your blessed presence on the boat. I paid violent and unusual attention to a flapper all through the meal in order to make you jealous. She's probably in her cabin writing reams about me to a fellow flapper at this very moment. You needn't have taken all that trouble to make me jealous, Dickie. You did that years ago when you married another woman. Well, you had gone and married another man. A widower, too, at that. Well, there's no particular harm in marrying a widower, I suppose. I'm ready to do it again if I meet a really nice one. Look here, Emily. It's not fair to go on at that rate. You're a lap ahead of me the whole time. It's my place to propose to you. All you've got to do is say yes. Well, I've practically said it already, so we needn't dawdle over that part. Oh, well. They look at each other, then suddenly embrace with considerable energy. We dead heated at that time, suddenly jumping to his feet. Oh, d I'd forgotten. Forgotten what? The children. I ought to have told you. Do you mind children? Not in moderate quantities. How many have you got? Counting hurriedly on his fingers. Five. Five? Anxiously. Is that too many? It's rather a number. Uh, the worst of it is I've some myself. Many? Eight. Eight in six years? Oh, Emily! Only four were my own. The other four were by my husband's first marriage. Still, that practically makes eight. And eight and five make thirteen. We can't start our married life with thirteen children. It would be most unlucky. Walks up and down in agitation. Some way must be found out of this. If we could only bring them down to twelve. Thirteen is so horribly unlucky. Isn't there some way by which we could part with one or two? Don't the French want more children? I've often seen articles about it in Figaro. I fancy they want French children. Mine don't even speak French. There's a chance that one of them might turn out to be depraved and vicious, and then you could disown him. I've heard of that being done. But good gracious, you've got to educate him first. You can't expect a boy to be vicious till he's been to a good school. Why couldn't he be naturally depraved? Lots of boys are. Only when they inherit it from their depraved parents. You don't suppose there's any depravity in me, do you? It sometimes skips a generation, you know. Weren't any of your family bad? There was an aunt who was never spoken of. There you are. But one can't build too much on that. In mid-Victorian days, they labeled all sorts of things as unspeakable that we should speak about quite tolerantly. I dare say this particular aunt had only married a Unitarian or rode to hounds on both sides of her horse or something of that sort. Anyhow, we can't wait indefinitely for one of the children to take after a doubtfully depraved great-aunt. Something else must be thought of. Don't people ever adopt children from other families? I've heard of it being done by childless couples and those sort of people. Hush! Someone's coming! Who is it? Mrs. Paley Paget. The very person. What? To adopt a child? Hasn't she got any? Only one miserable hen baby. Let's sound her on the subject. Enter Mrs. Paley Paget right. Ah, good morning, Mrs. Paley Paget. I was just wondering at breakfast, where did we meet last? 
At the Criterion, wasn't it? At the Criterion, of course. I was dining with Lord and Lady Slugford. Charming people, but so mean. They took us afterwards to the velodrome to see some dancer interpreting Mendelssohn's song without clothes. We were all packed up in a little box near the roof, and you can imagine how hot it was. It was like a Turkish bath, and of course one couldn't see anything. Then it was not like a Turkish bath. Major! We were just talking of you when you joined us. Really? Nothing very dreadful, I hope. Oh, dear, no. It's too early on the voyage for that sort of thing. We were feeling rather sorry for you. Sorry for me? Whatever for? Your childless hearth and all that, you know. No little pattering feet. Major, how dare you? I've got my little girl, I suppose you know. Her feet can patter as well as other children's. Only one pair of feet. Certainly. My child isn't a centipede, considering the way they move us about in those horrid jungle stations without a decent bungalow to set one's foot in. I consider I've got a hearthless child rather than a childless hearth. Thank you for your sympathy all the same. I dare say it was well meant. Impertinence often is. Dear Mrs. Paley Paget, we were only feeling sorry for your sweet little girl when she grows older, you know. No little brothers or sisters to play with. Mrs. Carew, this conversation strikes me as being indelicate, to say the least of it. I've only been married two and a half years, and my family is naturally a small one. Isn't it rather an exaggeration to talk of one little female child as a family? A family suggests numbers. Really, Major, your language is extraordinary. I dare say I've only got a little female child, as you call it, at present. Oh, it won't change into a boy later on, if that's what you're counting on. Take our word for it. We've had so much more experience in these affairs than you have. Once a female, always a female. Nature is not infallible, but she always abides by her mistakes. Major Dumberton, these boats are uncomfortably small, but I trust we shall find ample accommodation for avoiding each other's society during the rest of the voyage. The same wish applies to you, Mrs. Carew. Exit Mrs. Paley Paget. left. What an unusual mother. Sinks into chair. I wouldn't trust a child with anyone who had a temper like hers. Oh, Dickie, why did you go and have such a large family? You always said you wanted me to be the mother of your children. I wasn't going to wait while you were founding and fostering dynasties in other directions. Why, you couldn't be content to have children of your own without, without collecting them like batches of postage stamps, I can't think. The idea of marrying a man with four children. Well, you're asking me to marry one with five. Five? Springing to his feet. Did I say five? You certainly said five. Oh, Emily, supposing I've miscounted them. Listen now, keep count with me. Richard, that's after me, of course. One. Albert Victor, that must have been in coronation year. Two. Maud, she's called after. Never mind who she's called after. Three. And Gerald. Four. That's the lot. Are you sure? I swear that's the lot. I must have counted Albert Victor as two. Richard. Emily. They embrace.
Sasaki, H. H. Monroe, was a prolific and witty short storyist of the early 20th century. A 1910 review of his work stated that, quote, Saki has one of the lightest and most entertaining touches of the humorous of the day, unquote. He died from a sniper's bullet in France during World War I. Thanks for listening to Lit Reading. I hope you enjoy our stories, and if you get a chance, spread the word. Tell a friend or two. Also, go back and listen to some of the older stories. We've got a lot of them available for you, and even more to come. And if you have suggestions for future readings, please let me know. But remember, the stories must be in the public domain for me to read them. And if you really like what you hear, please, I know it's trouble, go to Apple Podcasts and sign in, create an account, and leave a review. It makes me feel great, and it helps us out. Thanks again for listening. I'm Don McDonald. Thank you.